Hey, crew. Yeah. Listen, literally everybody in the world is trying to do pottery, and I keep offering to give you a lesson, and you keep refusing. What gives? I have a lot of hobbies already. When would I do it between my guitar playing, my TikTok watching, my beekeeping, <laughs> my soap sculptures, my um, bikini car wash? What? I have a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, everyone else should take classes at Brooklyn Clay because they have wonderful teachers who know how to do it. They have every kind of glaze you could ever imagine. I think that's a bit of an overstatement. And they have even plates and dishes called Brooklyn Clay Made. Do you like them? I do. I use them every night, right after I get done with beekeeping. <laughs>Yeah, painters wear like um Geox shoes. What the hell is that? J E O X X. Whoa. Or like what other painters wear? Oh, new balances with the big ends on the oh. sides. Those are painter shoes. Man. I had some of those at one point. Huh? 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 I'm sort of a painter around here. All right. All right. Um well, this is the ceramics podcast. Right. I don't know if you yeah. remember. So we're talking painting? Yes. Um, oh, speaking of painting. Hey, let's talk about Sarah Allwine's new like banger that's at the Hashimoto Gallery oh, in LA. Yeah. Banger, Gus, banger. Like, whoa. It's so good. It's, I, I got to go to her studio and see it before it went out. Um, it was incredible. Like... The last, her last piece, I was like, whoa, that's fucking sick. And then this past, this one, I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And now I feel like, uh, I don't know what is like, what's going into her brain, but the output is pretty fantastic. Oh, I do know what's going into her brain. Hundreds of hours of Great British Bake Off. So we'll see. We'll see, right? What's going yeah. What Her well, new work is just going to yeah. take. Yeah, I, th I feel like it could get spooky because we just watched um, The Haunting at Hill House. Oh, that was a good one. I saw that. Really good. And just now, like two minutes ago, we finished watching the second episode of The Last of Us. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Cammy, do you ever watch TV in your studio? No. I just listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts, podcasts, mm -hmm. podcasts, so many podcasts. And then when I get sick of podcasts, I just listen to audiobooks. And you just, you say audiobooks, but you just, you mean just the hair with amber eyes on repeat, right? Oh, God. Uh, could you imagine? I, I, I don't think I could do it. But I did read that book and I loved it, but I don't know if I could do it again. I, know you do. <laughs> I, I, I definitely can't do it again. Like I did it once and I feel good about it. And like, what a story. Mm -hmm. And then the end of, you know what? I don't need to, I don't need to trash talk. It's a great book. But yeah, I mean, that's an aspirational one. Yeah. Um, but, but you look like once is good, but I do listen to like a lot of historical nonfiction. 
historical, mm-hmm. not like real, like revolutionary war or this or that. I read a great book about uh, poor people in America. I just, whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I've been trying, but I can't, I was trying audio books and I, but I, I've listened to like three hours of so many different audio books and then quit. Well, it has to be something that that narrator has is so amazing that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he really engages or they really engage you there's these books by tana french that i love like they're irish crime stories like irish oh. stories and they're great like they're like seven hours and they're kind of like dumb enough that you don't really have to pay that good of attention you can like zone in and out of it and still get the gist of the story well i've been reading these um uh, P.I. like mystery novels set in Germany like just before and or after World War II. Nice. That, and, was, that sounds like something I would read. Yeah. And it's like the same thing and I but I can only I only read it at night and I read like five pages and then I fall asleep and then I have to then the next night I have to read three of the five again because I was like cross-eyed falling asleep as i read it (laughs) so it takes me it took me a year to read the first three and they're like they're not like my mom got me the first book which had three of them in it and my dad read like he was supposed to wrap it it was for my birthday and he was supposed to wrap it up for me (laughs) and he just read it in like three days yeah while i was there he was just reading the book and then he wrapped it up when he was done and yeah and then it took me a year to read it Yeah, I uh, I, lo- I love the idea of watching TV in my studio, but I can't, if I put anything on to look at, like even a show that I don't like, or like if there's a, if there's sports on, no matter what it is, I can't take my eyes off of it. Oh, uh, I and think I'll just lose all day. I think I watched, like, I think I watched Friends over the pandemic. Hmm. I think because yeah. I was like alone for so long, I think I put the TV Yeah. because I was like, I think I need something. But then if because I've seen them all, so it didn't really or I, I didn't actually see them all. I was like, oh, I've never seen this one before. But uh, yeah. but I also didn't care. You know, like the a joke will get you like every third show. Yeah. No. Like, oh, that, yeah. Was really, that was really funny. I can't believe I waited an hour and a half for that. Oh, my God. Sarah and I have been watching Flight of the Concords too, which I already told that you. That show but... is a killer show. Killer. Oh my god. I love. I yeah. love it. I love that show so much. There's. I don't. Yeah. It's like the perfect show. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think listening to music in the studio is better, but I'm not good at it. You know. Like, how I... many times can you listen to Death Cab for Cutie? You no, know? you're absolutely right. I can't pick what. I can't even pick music ever. But somebody asked me like what podcasts I listen to. And I was like, mm-hmm. um, I started listing them off. And then I was like, oh, it's like a lot. Yeah. But it also, if you start listing them off, it sounds like it sounds like a college, like a college like party guy that's listing off his favorite podcasts. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like, it's I like, listen to This is Important. I listen to Your Mom's House. <laughs> I listen to Two Bears, One Cave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like the worst of the like trash. <laughs> Just in the middle of listing it off, you're like, Do you want a Keystone? 
You want a natty? You want a natty light? I'm going to have one. You mind if I have one? Yeah, it's kind of like All that. of a sudden, you're wearing a backwards flat brim. <laughs> when the fuck did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, bro out on this shit. <laughs> Woo! I keep walking past a place. Uh, it's somewhere here in Williamsburg that has window-mounted AC units. And then to catch the drips, there's just beer bongs can i i mean it's just a funnel Come with on. a hose connected to it but i think i've like, seen that that's very new york they're yeah because they're like <laughs> you know they're bongs. like three foot hoses like it's so especially in williamsburg that. i'm surprised someone doesn't walk through and like rip it off on a saturday you know <laughs> that's the best scene in old school dude the beer bong yeah. scene is the best scene yeah yeah i mean that's what i i imagine I imagine some guy that's like here on, you know, he's like getting away from the wife and kids for the weekend and he <laughs> sees that and it just like, he just starts chugging AC juice. Yeah. Then the neighbors are like, go, <sighs> go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes streaking across oh. the Williamsburg Bridge. <laughs> totally. Okay. Whoa. Well, this has really gone off the rails. Um, yeah. Let's, let me ask you a ceramics question. One yeah. of my students, Ellen mm-hmm. Robinson, she's so good. Um, she asked me the other day if she if I'd known anything about anyone that's ever had their kiln catch on fire oh. or start a fire. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, right. And so I asked uh Instagram and I got some yeah. really good responses. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm excited because there's always like, like there was, there was folklore, you know, like, cause didn't, didn't at LSU, like in the early 2000s, didn't they like blow up a kiln or something by turning the gas on? Whoa. And I feel like they were always and like, I would hear, you know, and I don't, I think they just like pumped a bunch of gas in there and then lit it. And I don't, I don't know what blew Back, up, but backdraft back and then i don't know who's in backdraft but i've seen it uh and then kevin bacon shows up i don't think he's in backdraft (laughs) i don't think he's in louisiana uh, either (laughs) um um, yeah okay let's hear it klein reed mentioned klein reed said is that where you this is awesome i know klein reed said is that where you bake the clay after you spin it oh so I, I think I think that is um I sort of thought that they knew about ceramics I'm surprised that they yeah don't know yeah, about how to spin it <laughs> that's spinning table um Nadine uh oh, oh says no but I've had so many nightmares involving kiln fires uh mm-hmm. Deanie De- De- Dixon says my kiln almost did two weeks ago but it's very old needs a plug replaced plug melted a bit and then she did a sideways face sideways frowny face like a back yeah ben sikirsky says nope and then Hmm. and um, he's got the sketchiest kiln in the united states i'd say easily certainly this side the mississippi rob Raphael says bad wiring one is connected to and then jolie said Hmm. yes lol but no no explanation? That's it. Yeah. 
And then Monica oh Moore, Monica, my one of my a stu- one of my old students, Monica said, "Yes, someone left a towel on the kiln and it started a fire." Hey, there it is. So this see, is that's answer. what I'm more worried about. Okay, I've got a couple. I've got you know in the back room of Brooklyn Clay, we've got a garbage can on wheels. Okay. And if you look at it, you'll notice it's got some melted spots on it, and and it's because people push it into the kilns a lot (laughs) um so that one's not that good except that anders apparently showed up one morning and moved the trash can because it was close to our small kiln and then he came back like a half hour later and he was like man somebody put all the peeps but the top peep in that's weird and then you know he went back on his business and he was like i gotta you know remind whoever and then he looked at the trash can later and the peep was just stuck to the trash can because it had melted into it <laughs> and then the kiln like cooled. Yeah. At, at Hofstra University last semester, or the semester before, um, there was a student, the students were loading the kilns, the undergrads, and they left a wearboard on top of the kiln. Dude. And then that caught on fire. And then they did it again a week later. And then they were like, no more students loading kilns. Dang, oh my so god that ended that but it was a good run it was a good run the the last one which is my favorite and we'll, we'll leave so his name out of it okay okay brand new kiln brand spanking new in a new studio in a house that they just got okay okay he gets the kiln hooked up yeah he gets so excited Wait, is this story about you? No. no. Okay, go on. This, I mean, this is like, this is what I'm, this is exactly how I picture myself doing this, okay? Okay. He's he's loading the kiln. He's going back and forth. He's carrying the work in. He's carrying it over on a plastic bat, you know? Okay. He sets the plastic bat down in the kiln. He gets distracted. He goes away. He does something. He comes back. Posts are in. There's work in there. He puts a layer on top. Oh, keeps God. going. Starts the kiln. <laughs> and then, oh. then he said he all of a sudden there was smoke. You know, it was smoking. Yeah. So then he ran over. He ran over to the kiln. He opened the kiln lid up, and once he did that, then all the oxygen went in there, and he said flames were just shooting out of the kiln. Oh my God. <laughs> and he said it just like stunk like high hell can you imagine the smells so then he, he closes the lid of the kiln okay shuts the kiln off and leaves the studio because it's smells like melted plastic yeah, it's like toxic so then, it's toxic so he, he's so like he'd he, call fema to get in there yeah he called me he called me later or i think he maybe he texted me or ran into him and he was like, the kiln looks terrible. Like it was brand new. It's covered in like black soot stuff. Oh. Yeah, like soot. And he said, you know, he like took all the work out of it and stuff. And he was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, dude, I, I mean, I think your best bet is just to like try firing it and see what happens. He said he fired it when he knew it wasn't going to be in there with a fan in the window. Yeah. He said now. The kiln looks brand new again. Shut it up. It all burned. It all burned off. It incinerated itself. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, gnarly though. Yeah. Ugh. Isn't that gross? Dude, oh it's so my god. Good. That's yeah. crazy. That's so gross. Like melting plastic burning out. Gross. I went to grad school with somebody who was making these really amazing pieces by taking foam and soaking it in casting slip. Oh, this is Irv. And then putting and then putting the foam in the kiln. Irv was doing and that just burning point. it out. Oh my god. What a like, smell. Oh. Yeah. And then Alfred, it's like you stink the whole town up. I uh when I when I was a junior and I went to the place Medalta in Canada. Oh yeah. Anytime you were gonna fire an an outdoor kiln, you had to call the fire department and tell them that you were gonna fire an outdoor kiln because anytime that they fired it without notifying them, the fire department would show up, up thinking that something was on fire. Oh. Ugh. But how that's, would you you know you think like... event after the second time you'd stop going over there yeah you'd be like um yeah like oh, there he's added a, he's at his old dumb antics again that crazy dumb hippie with his weirdo hobby <laughs> burning down his buildings yeah weird oh well i want to mention um i gotta see barry zipperstein's show how was it it's really great it's got really good woodworking okay. in it which I was super excited about. Um, it's got the kind of woodworking in it where you're just like, you know, I don't. I guess maybe a lathe. I guess they did it on a lathe. But oh, cool! It's really nice, really great. It's also really close to the new Brooklyn Clay, so I got to go on a day when I was going over there anyway. Nice. Which was so perfect, and it made me so excited to have good galleries nearby. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice. Um, I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but um, <laughs> it'll, it'll you be should down. go see it if it's still up. <laughs> oh, it just came out. But, it, came, it came out a couple days ago. Yeah, it'll be down by the time this comes. Goes. Yeah, so it's. I think it's been down. Her show came down like three weeks ago <laughs> um, by the time you're hearing this. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, you should look it, it up because it's really, it was really a good show. And um, I always just think about her be zippy line of stuff yeah but her personal like the, work is you know, beautiful yeah it's so great um yeah so it's cool um i gotta see that what else have i i feel like i saw some other ceramics what's what's uh what's the show at greenwich house right now i don't want to talk about it i'm not gonna talk about wanna, it i don't want to fucking talk this, about it it's a student that yelled at me this like oh. yeah, this student yelled at me and I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then he just has a show in that gallery. And I was like, what is happening right now? So yeah. he's been a student there like forever, right? Forever. Yeah. Cool. Forever. Yeah. So I complained. <laughs> I was like, how did they that yeah. guy get a show? Like he's an asshole. Dude. But they like they were like, no, he's really a nice guy. And I was like, no, he isn't. All right, we're not I'm cutting all of this. <laughs> But that all, uh, that all did happen. That all did happen. That's crazy, man. Okay, so. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what, on a on a different line of questioning, what's the biggest, best invention in ceramics in the last five years? Glazy. 
<gasps> not podcasts. Definitely not podcasts. I don't listen to any ceramics podcasts. <laughs> not even this one. But I'm pumped. No. I live it. <laughs> I live the ceramics true. podcast. That's true. Actually, what do you he, think? What's your favorite invention? No, before I, before we go on, I think. Yeah. I think don't you do you sort of feel like every time we see each other, it's just a continuation of the ceramics podcast, but no one's listening. Yeah, and that's what like. Just I mean, maybe we both need to wear, like, um, almost like those, like a like a medallion that is like a recorder that gets turned on when we're like within. Oh yeah. Ten feet of each other, you know. That's a gr- excellent. But I feel idea. like some of our best material is like you know it's on the fly. I know. It's on like still the funniest thing I've seen in life in a while was the uh, look at this fucking spot when you got that same You're parking like, spot for like look, the third day in a row. It was wild, yeah. That felt yeah. great. Cammy's got better parking luck than anybody else in New York. Yeah, I have a lot. I have like a lot of parking zen patience. I like. Oh, God. I like, but then I'll start to get like I'll like drive around, drive around, around, and then all of a sudden I like have an anxiety attack. And I'm like, ah! and then I'm like, okay, everything's gonna be fine. And then, and then you like, just then you just, just park in the middle of the road, and right? Like, in. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm like 120 bucks, whatever. Dude, I um, parked in a um. I mean, this is a. No, tell me what your invention is or what oh. your favorite. Yeah. Um. My favorite. Ooh. Ah. Uh, ooh. Ah. Uh. This is also slightly unrelated, but huge as uh, wireless headphones. Huh? I mean, that's, that's like across across all of life. Oh, wireless headphones shit. are yeah. incredible, but yeah, it. I don't love it more than in my studio. Like Bluetooth. that's, I love it so much. Bluetooth, oh, yeah, where your phone is like baby, come on! You got your in. phone, you chuck it across the room. You got your phone plugged in; it's charging up. Yeah, it's good. You got, You're oh, right. That's good. You can't beat it. That's a good one. I was going to say like laser cut dies for the for the Brent extruder. That's pretty good. That's pretty what about what about April? I know that this also isn't a new invention, but I didn't know about it till like two years ago. Uh, aprons that don't rest on your neck. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, I hate and that's that. huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's oh. like a that's like a hipster butcher. Yeah. Woodworker yeah. thing. The problem is you get into that realm and it's really easy for those aprons to look like some weird I'm not saying some BDSM like <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say like a religious cult because it could go that way too. It can go that way. It goes yeah. any way. Yeah, yeah, it goes a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, because like 3D printers are fine. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot can... about those. I don't use them so yet. Yeah, the the touchscreen controller, pretty nice. Ooh. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that is really nice. I guess. Oh, wait. Can I tell you something that I invented this week? Yeah, please. Or last week? Yeah. This is going to sound like a joke, but I mean it. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen the baby kiln? Have you seen the inside of the baby kiln? Uh, I've seen the baby kiln, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the baby kiln we're talking about is the baby kiln at Brooklyn Clay. 
Not the one that's yeah, in your studio a, that you never use. No. Okay. And that one, sign up, you guys. I got to move out of my studio in January, so I'm getting rid of it. Wait, what? So, yeah, you need a kiln? No, wait, you're moving oh. out of your studio? In January. You got time. Oh, yeah, that is a while. All right. Yeah. So you're selling I also, baby. maybe I won't. Hey, maybe I won't. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I inherited it. It's not technically mine, but I'm willing to give it away. Wow. And wow. You might need to, the control box is held on by drywall screws. So you might want to, you want, you're going to want to look into that. <laughs> okay. And the controls I just had to write with a Sharpie. But it, all in all, it's pretty it's pretty good little yeah. kiln. Okay. We call it the baby. It's the Scott 818, which is an awesome little kiln. Right. Um, can you plug it right into the wall or do you need to wire it in? Uh, It can plug in to a 220 or 208. Okay. Um, But it's great. It's like... Your kiln's a better size. You have the 10, what do you have? 1027. 10, 10, but it's a three phase, but the baby's only a single phase, right? Yeah, baby's a single phase. So you it's like yeah. a dry and, like a like a dry like a dryer or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah. But so okay, so we trashed it. As we touched on, Scott kilns are my favorite kilns. My favorite barrel kiln, but I would love it if they would put hard brick element holders in there for a premium and maybe even. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to well, toss one, yeah. more, th one okay. more thing out there. I'm going to toss two more things out there. Okay. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Least, this is number two. Do the least important, le least important first and then hit us with the most important. Okay. Least important, least important overall is. But it'd be really nice. You put a little, you put a hinge door on the front of the control box where the relays are. So when you have to switch a relay, you don't have to take the entire control box oh. and the insulation out. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Yeah. So you flip just that open, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. be nice? Okay. That would be nice on my kiln too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's least important. I would say mid tier is. Okay. Make an option with one inch that's got three inch soft brick, one inch fiberboard insulation on it. Whoa. And then most important, make a make a premium one with hard brick element holders, because that'd be sweet. Um that's because at a studio I think so, because like that's what that's the only thing on our kiln. I mean our our big barrel kiln, same thing. Like we've been firing it five days a week if not more for years and it is holding up remarkably well but the only spots where things are really starting to fall apart are where pieces have like fallen over in a glaze firing or <laughs> right out like to the wall somebody's yeah onto the wall and torn a chunk out or somebody's like slipped while they're loading and taken a chunk of soft brick out yeah. with a shelf or something like that yeah. but i needed to our baby kiln, which we fire all the time, needed new elements in it. It couldn't get to cone six anymore. 
it also um, needed work on the soft brick and you can replace those bricks. You can like take the flashing apart, replace them. I've never done it. I hope I never have to. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Now I don't think I'll need to because you're going to get a new one. Because I'm just going to get new ones. Uh, <laughs> no, we, um, you know, they make like, I bought some kiln cement to fix stuff and it, and it was always peeling off later on. So what I did this time is I took Bisfix and then I Whoa. put it in a, I put it in a container and Eef. then I took part of a soft brick and I crunched it up with a mortar and pestle. And then I added a little grog and a little EPK oh and I mixed God. it into like a putty. And I just rebuilt every section of the soft brick that was broken away. And like huge chunks of that kiln were broken away. And I just built it all back up. You fucking beautiful minded that shit, Gus. <laughs> what? And I'm so fuck? excited about it. And I like, you know, Hell I put, yeah. Because when, when you get Fredrickson elements, they just send you a bunch of extra canthal wire to use like as pins and stuff. So then I had all this extra canthal wire and I was like, cutting little like oh. making little staples to hold things in place and it's like oh plastic surgery yeah holy shit that's good but huh. like for you like your kiln uh, it probably looks brand new on the inside right because it's just you looks pretty good yeah i mean yeah. it doesn't it could look better but yeah yeah I'm, i i'm go hard on it yeah i, I yeah. blow up a lot of stuff yeah yeah <laughs> i mean hey sometimes you gotta you know yeah for like a couple yeah. of years in a row yeah well we're um so anders you've met him right my brother uh, um, i'm familiar with his the name he does he does some pottery too and okay. um he uh he's got a an olympic test kiln which is famously my least favorite brand of of kilns um right. it's also the only brand of kiln that i've ever purchased with my own money um so you know am i an idiot yeah yeah i <laughs> yeah. made a mistake i made yeah. a mistake and then a lot it broke. of lemon. Yeah, it broke like four seconds. Before. You used it like twice. But it is a, it's, this is going to sound crazy, but no. it's a, it's a really nice coffee table. We talked about this on the last podcast. <laughs> um, so my brother also has an Olympic kiln. Oh, brother. You know. Is right. Okay, go on. Yeah. And he's firing a bunch of crystalline programs in there, like conate crystalline programs. Yeah. And he's just burning through elements and i'm trying to convince him that that the two of us should buy ceramic fiber and add an inch an inch of ceramic fiber insulation around his entire kiln you think that would work i don't know why not wouldn't it help i just thought it like it must help you know when you're doing like a long hold any energy that it's only two inches of soft brick. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I'll get back to you. Yeah, let's Because, you know, let's, like... Uh, let's get Keith Simpson to ask Freddie Fredrickson, the kiln builder. Yeah. I have to call him because we're waiting on a Fredrickson kiln. Yeah. Actually, you got to ask him. Yeah. All right. Get back yeah. to us about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll report back. Because you know, like, uh, well, like Fredrickson kilns have a have um ceramic fiber insulation on them, in them, yeah, on them, around them. 
and then inside of them yeah inside like, of the outside of them right so it's like brick and then the insulation and then the metal yeah yeah, yeah. and then and then on top of the metal is the rust <laughs> i was gonna say it but i'm glad you did we just oh, had um, a frederickson killed really really like looks bad sorry yeah. dude sorry freddie frederickson they're the best though you they're, know they're the best but they look you can't like, beat them they look like they had like they look like they went to a frat party and got fucked up dude they look a little bit like the things in uh Whatever show I just started watching, The Last uh, of Us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They look like a, like an a low, like a Lower East Side dive bar. We, we just, we just replaced the elements in the Fredrickson kiln for the first time. Wow! After th- isn't that crazy? Years. Yeah. Wow, that's you yeah. fire that like two twice Constantly. a week. Yeah. Yeah. Two to three times a week. Yeah sick that that's awesome is, yeah well those kilns man yeah it doesn't matter i made at- i made the mistake i got not a frederickson one time <laughs> never again wow or a scott i mean i love both of them um oh. for different things you know well i'm fucking really proud of you about rebuilding the inside of that scott i think it's gonna be nice i mean we'll see if it like we've yeah. already fired it maybe like four times and it's holding up pretty well all right that's all that i'm that's it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can ask for with the kiln four times and you throw it away. <laughs> you know? Yours, apparently. Your... Mm-hmm. Oh, Gus, let me tell you, since we're talking about brands. So yeah. I, I got I got myself, I started myself a TikTok account. Cool. And, uh, yeah, sure. And then uh, I have 50, uh, 50, mm, I have like about 87 followers. And nice. um, thank you. I don't mean to brag, but. I put up a video and then on the video I said, I need a I need a Brent wheel. Hashtag Brent. And then um Brent messaged back and said What'd they say? Yeah, they Here's said, the link to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did Brent totally hook you up with a wheel? They just no, said they no. said you hook us up with twelve hundred dollars and we'll totally hook you up with a wheel. No, they said we also think you need a Brent. <laughs> Damn. I was like, womp, 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 womp. Oh, dude, anyway. I wish that they would have just sent you, I wish they would have sent you a link to the orders page. I mean, they, they, they might as well have. Dude, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's I That's um, pretty good. I mean, this is like, this is off ceramic topic, but I <laughs> think it's, I think it's connected. I'm okay. going to connect it. Okay. All right. Let's weave it together. I don't like anything more in my studio than eating snacks okay but a close second is drinking coffee and i've found that it's really hard to um you know like i only get to go to my studio weekends and and after work so um and you know usually on weekends like on sundays i usually don't get there till the afternoon so i kind of miss like prime coffee drinking time right so i really only get saturdays it's like good coffee drinking time in there so you know, I don't want to buy a new coffee pot and put it over there right. and pour over, you know, I just can't, I can't do it. And then you always got old beans, you know, like I tried that before and it's like, you got beans that then last like three yeah. months. Yes. Okay. So what I'm trying to do 
is drink instant coffee in the studio. Oh my God. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were like, so I got an AeroPress or no, I am moving to Portland. I had an Oregon. AeroPress at one point. You're like, I'm moving to Portland. <laughs> I gotta get... I'm going to, I took a new job at Voodoo Donuts. Um, <laughs> So. Uh, okay a kid can dream <laughs> so i got instant coffee no, man, and I and i tried out some different instant coffees okay and i want to report because i think that like okay i mean who doesn't want to drink coffee in the studio you know it's the best you can't beat it i don't think you can beat it um okay. i mean i drink the most delicious tea and you can't beat it but go okay. on with okay it. Okay. I'm in I'm in with the coffee because I do like a cup of coffee once in a while. Go on. Yeah. But also like, you know, you tea drinkers are pretty lucky. Cause it's like you you all you need is the tea bag and a kettle. Or oh. a microwave. Well, that's true, but there's bad tea. Yeah. That there's yeah. like really gross. But low- it turns out that there's not very much good instant coffee. <laughs> so Okay. Um, are you gonna hit us with the brand? You know, like this is like brand ambassador shit that's happening right now but get going well and that's why i want to um give my full endorsement okay to blue bottle coffee shops instant coffee nothing gets me going like a cup of blue bottle hell yeah you bougie little and now just in case they don't give us free coffee I want to do a second run at this. Okay. Which is, hey guys, who the fuck would pay $3 for a cup of instant coffee? What the fuck is wrong with Blue Bottle? I've never seen such expensive coffee. (laughs) Get the Starbucks stuff. It tastes the exact same and it's way, way, way cheaper. Okay. (laughs) The Starbucks is better. Nothing gets me going like a cup of Starbucks. Okay. Via, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so, if if neither of them, if if neither of them wind up, I'm sponsoring you. I'm so proud to say, Cammy, <laughs> that nothing has ever gotten me up. Nothing, nothing gets me turning pottery on the spin wheel like a cup of La Combe. Is that what it is? Oh my god, that coffee's so good. Dude, my sister, I fl- I went to see my sister in Oregon, and she had it. Yeah, it's a that, New York company. She had a, it. It's and she not. Had their it's a Philadelphia. Stuff. It's a Philly mm-hmm. company. Well, they'd rather be a New York company. So I mean, who wouldn't? But uh, yeah, <laughs> you were gonna get a lot. My of My sister had their instant. Yeah, from who the Clay Studio Philly? <laughs> Come at me. They might. They might, Gus. You're Just gonna get kidding. banned. Just on- kidding. They're they're all Black gonna be balls. sitting there in their in their nine hundred square foot studios that they pay two hundred dollars a month for, and they're gonna say, you know, I don't know what they'll say. They'll say, they'll say Gus Hamilton, he's still a little bitch. <laughs> Turns out it spread from his hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. That um but I'm trying to find the right instant coffee. The Starbucks is fine. Uh, okay. I mean, it sounds yeah. like <laughs> sounds it's like actually, you're on the right track. Yeah. It's actually, I'd say it's pretty good. You put a little oat milk in there. Not too bad. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to follow up on the next podcast and see how your instant coffee drinking is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Cause it's a, uh, you know, Sarah got me some Trader Joe's stuff. 
but it has it has sugar in it so i've been avoiding it no. mostly because i'm afraid that if i get hooked on sugar in my coffee i won't be able to stop no you won't you won't the same thing you know until a year ago i drank black coffee every day and now i'm putting oat milk in it like that has sugar sometimes yeah it does i mean yeah. the stuff i buy does <laughs> That's what makes it delicious. And when it doesn't, I put a couple scoops in there, <laughs> shake it up, you know. <laughs> Do you ever? We had to. We have to introduce talk a, about ceramics, sweetie. <laughs> but did you ever go to like a like a corner store and somebody orders a coffee in front of you and they're like, "Yeah, let me get six sugars." You're Dude, like, "What?" You know what I botched here a bunch when I first moved here was. I'd go to, I'd go to, you know, just delis and bodegas all over, you know? Yeah. And I, and they'd say, I'd say, can I get a coffee? Can I get a hot coffee? And they'd say, yeah, you want a regular? And I'd say, yes. And then they put cream and sugar in. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. But you, did you ever see them? They just take the spoon and while the spoon is still getting into the sugar, they like put like so the sugar is like falling back into the sugar and there's like tossing so it's not a spoon there's just like coffee like going back three in tea, and... like one spoon of sugar is like three <laughs> teaspoons of sugar it's Dude. crazy yeah oh. yeah you can't just get a coffee here you got to be like black coffee black no, yeah and i was it. like so afraid you know i was I, I was just a new i was a dumb farm kid you know so I, I just walk outside. I take a sip. I just throw it in the garbage yeah. can. Go try again at the other end of the block. You're like, what's what's wrong? Do I look like? Do I look like I need that much sugar? And they're oh like, yeah, God. actually, yeah, you do actually. Face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's a maybe that's a way to kick off this conversation here. Okay. Today on the podcast, we have a Shweeney bot. Oh gosh, what a convo, huh? Hey. What a combo. She's fantastic. She was on the Clay and Color podcast. So you can go listen to her um, kind of his, a little bit of her history in ceramics there. And then this is kind of a follow up to that podcast, I would say. I, I don't really wouldn't say that. I just think it's like, and it also a podcast with a Sweeney on it. I'm going to cut all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so you could go listen to a Sweeney on the Clay and Color podcast. Wow, her practice, it's it's gonna like knock your socks off. Yeah. So it's a it's a good it's a good like another I mean we have a lot of them now, but good example of just uh, you know, ceramics people tend to be pretty nice to talk to. Yeah. We've had very few duds. Eh. You know? And we'll no. name them. Yeah. I'll name them. <laughs> okay. Don't Just bleep, kidding. Bleep, yeah. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. And then, and, bleep, and, uh, bleep, plus we've bleep, got, bleep, and that other bleep. son of a. <laughs> um, Ashwini is a, as a ceramic artist initially from India, and she's now living in California after spending years traveling. And she's just kind of, found her home base she's got a show she's constantly showing but there's a show up in california right now in la and um she's doing a residency in long beach so yeah. here she is a shweeney bot
we used to always record them together in person but um once we had like one person on zoom it it's it's just easier if everyone's on it but um yeah yeah, it was really fun we used to always do them together which was really fun we haven't done one in person in a while yeah (laughs) and but we see each other like all the time so it's super weird i see cammy like three or four times a week Uh uh-huh and you still like each other there i mean Uh, we don't know how to answer we're like um well we're still doing this but uh... we just um i introduced cammy into like a to a friend of mine who's like it's like a friend of a friend and yeah and like immediately cammy and i just like went into making fun of each other and like what we were doing and yeah the, the poor person was just like they just didn't know so and they you know they yeah. were just so uncomfortable yeah. with it right away yeah. and it took <laughs> I, I i know those situations yeah. yeah i mean i've been on the other side of it it was just we went too far too fast and she was just <laughs> uh-huh. like what is going on okay uh, that's yeah. that's good to know <laughs> yeah um yeah so uh where are you at you said you're in an airbnb are you not yeah. in california I'm in California, but in okay. Long Beach. Cool. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sitting here in Long Beach um, in my Airbnb uh, doing a studio residency here for the last two and a half weeks, I must say. Kind of lost sense of time altogether. It's kind of been like maybe 10 or 12 months of non-stop work mode. And I came down here. So I live in North Bay near San Francisco. And I drove down with literally a truckload of sculptures on the 9th of January, which was probably like the worst day to venture out of the house was pouring down rain and whatever usually takes me six hours to reach LA took close to 12 roads were blocked and oh right it was yeah right right right. yeah um and my only thought was as long as the sculptures make it safe <laughs> yeah so wait were they like like a u-haul type truck did you have a box truck or what were they um, they weren't in a pickup were they no well, okay. they, i don't know what the technical term okay. is it's a it's a penske truck okay it's a 16 foot okay big, um, cool. it, yeah yeah it's a it's a hardcore truck i was not yeah. driving it <laughs> okay. um i was driving my car which also had sculptures and you know all the installation stuff you need and the truck was behind me and someone who usually helps me uh put together a show or dismantle a show his name is Jorge he was driving the truck and we were also like constantly communicating with one another to make sure we were doing okay and we <laughs> reached LA um, I even brought my forklift in the truck uh, oh, because cool. it kind of made sense to do that so we unload everything 
uh, we haven't really finished installing the next day. And so by then the truck is like parked outside the gallery and somebody stole the catalytic converter. Oh, um, no way. Yeah. That yeah, happened to really... God. Yeah, that happened to me in my car. Wow. <laughs> it's so awful. Oh. Yeah, Isn't it really so... shocking the first time you start the the, the vehicle yes. up? And it... <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so what happened? That's insane. Well, um, I had the insurance and, you know, had to call them. and But, you know, um, what I'm trying to say is just when I feel like, Oh, okay. One hurdle. Uh, I made it safe. The sculptures made it safe. And just when you feel, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. There has been some problem which needs solving. So yeah. So that's been kind of the mode I've been in. So as soon as I came to Long Beach, I kind of, decided that I'm going to work on a body of small scale sculptures just to give my mind and body a little rest in between. (laughs) And that's been kind of the way I worked also. Like I I will work on a body of large scale sculptures and then I will go into like an intimate scale. Like this two completely different relationship with the body. So that's what I'm doing in uh, Long Beach. So I just wrapped up making a bunch of pieces uh, day before yesterday, loaded them in a kiln, and I will be finishing the bisque um, around midweek, coming week. And I will load the sculptures in my car and drive back home on Sunday and basically glaze fire them and finish the sculptures in my own studio. That's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Nice. Um, When we were when we were scheduling, Uh you had mentioned that you were in your studio seven days a week. Is that real? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Okay, so how 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 can you stand it how do you do it what is is that what is that like are you like I'm gonna you is it like I go hard every day or like I go hard most days but it also depends on what the day is like um first of all it's taken me a while to get to a place where I I'm, you know, I can call myself a full-time studio artist. It's taken this long. And I think until 2019, I have like I was constantly traveling and doing studio residencies and or work in like in a small part of the garage. That's how I started in California. Um, it was a one car garage and the car would be parked in one place. And I had this (laughs) tiny corner with the table. Um, so, and in 2019, I had a, like a studio space in a large warehouse, which was like a maker space. 
where they would like you know divide the space with walls but the walls wouldn't go all the way up so there was it was really yeah. noisy so yeah. i've i've yeah i've functioned in various uh kinds of studios but in 2020 just as the pandemic uh hit um a tiny house i mean it's like 380 square feet house came on sale which was only 10 minutes walk from where I lived in Petaluma and we just decided to put an offer and we got it and that probably is the most inconvenient studio I have worked in because it was like um it, it was it was what do they call it like the mother-in-law unit or you know oh, it, it, yeah. Was, it, yeah. it was one of those things like tiny house with the kitchen living room and a tiny bedroom and a single car garage where I have no clue if you put in put the car in how will you will even take it out <laughs> it was that tiny but uh it kind of worked really well I used the entire house as a studio I kept all the dirty things the table wherever I was making the wet sculptures in the garage um the kiln was part of the garage but I was making work on the so-called kitchen table um, but what it did wow, was that's cool for the first <laughs> time um, since 2011, and that's when I kind of started living a nomadic life. Uh, so since then, in 2020 was the first time I was all by myself in my studio space, and that was just magical. So although it was not a perfect studio in the sense of a studio space, that one year was just amazing. It was very healing on so many levels. Um, so since then, I have basically been a full-time studio artist, working every day, including uh saturday sundays <laughs> once in a while allowing myself you know if there is a bad day i'm not going to push myself i'll probably do errands on that day but i i don't know um for me i'm definitely a routine person um but studio since the pandemic has kind of become like the most sacred thing I ever want to believe in. So um, it's like, like right now, although I have a studio space here and I've been working, I'm missing my studio like I'm missing my limb. Uh, <laughs> it is uncanny. I like I, my body misses my studio. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's so fun. It, it, 
I mean, I used to love being in uh, residency programs and they were fantastic um, over a period of time. But I think um, part of me is still processing 2020, you know, let me put it that way. Uh, and kind of like the isolation, I it was very essential to ask some difficult questions in terms of my personal life as well as the way I was working or, or even questions about where do I want to go from here? Um, so for all that, I think I need to travel less in the next few years that's where I'm headed yeah so what do you what do you mean you've been a nomad since 2011 yet you oh. I know you've because I listened to, I listened to you on the color um clay and color podcast clay and and color you, yeah, yeah and then you said you were in Shigaraki right uh-huh that okay. was in 2017 okay yeah. so yeah what 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 is like when did you come to the United States um, I first came to the U.S. for a residency in Asheville, North Carolina, in cool. 2013, 2012, 2012. But that was just for like a couple of months. And then I came back to California in 2013 to Mendocino to do another residency. But what happened was, um, so my background is in literature and classical dance. And then I joined a contemporary dance company and we were performing and touring mostly in Europe for like four, four and a half years. Wow. And yeah, and then I had a... Um, an injury and a whole lot of things which made me question where I was going then. And I decided to take a year break. Um, and that's when I found Clay. And I worked with, um, I studied with Ray Meeker in Pondicherry. And I was like a long time resident artist in his studio for another four and a half years but I think the travel bug you know like it it's it's in faces every seven years I don't want to go anywhere and every seven years <laughs> I just want to keep moving um, so I think at some point I was like really interested in being in the world and seeing what was happening and we used to do only wood firing in India, mostly because electricity is highly unreliable and gas is too expensive. So wood was like the easiest and cheapest fuel available. We even used to do bisque firing in wood, believe it or not. What? That's awesome. That's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Was, were but... things just blowing up all the time or no? No, no, oh. why would they? I mean, yeah. just my work would. 
probably. <laughs> Cammy's work <laughs> blows up in electric kilns. Oh, yeah, it's so, okay. Go on. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> go on. Go on. Go on. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we don't have to. So, We're good. 2010, um, one of my large sculptures got included in a sculpture garden project in South India. And that was like, until then, that was like the biggest check I had received. So I was like, oh, I got some money. Now I will spend 70% of this um, to buy a ticket to Tasmania. So I went to Australia for a wood fire conference in Tasmania and wrote to a bunch of people and kind of figured out uh, like barter system. Like I would be like, oh, uh, I have bought this very expensive ticket, but I would like to like make the best of it. I'm happy to come stack wood for you. You know, that's that's if that's what you're looking for. So it it was really like barter system and traveled all over um, Tasmania and Victoria and Melbourne. Yeah. And I met two artists uh, from Asheville who later invited me to a residency. And they were like, oh, if anything brings you to the US, you have a place to come make some work. And my niece was getting married in New York the year after. And again, I was like, oh, I'm buying a ticket. Well, my sister is buying me a ticket. <laughs> um, oh, if you have the space uh, and if you're doing a firing, I would love to come participate. So basically, that's where my nomadic life started. And... So since 2011 to 2017, I basically lived like three months in India and rest of the months constantly on the move. Um, it was it was like one thing leading to another. Most of the time, I wouldn't know what I would be doing three months down the line. And then suddenly there would be an invitation and I would pack my bags and leave. And it worked for that time in my life. Um, but I think now I'm kind of, my roots are in, in California. Um, also, I really fell so hard in love with California. Um, and the work that I'm making, especially in the last uh, four and a half, five years, has been coming from the place I'm living. Um, and that definition of what that place is, it, although it started as the entire state, now it is very interestingly coming close to um, the geographical location where I'm living. That's where my focus is. So it kind of makes sense also from that point of view that I am living in that place while I'm making the work. Um, yeah. 
I mean, do you find that in California there's people with your with a similar sort of like mind like you know like a mindset or something sort of like that I, Calif California yeah. is like so people California people are so specifically California people <laughs> it, it's interesting that you say that um I in in when I had the studio in this busy um warehouse space somebody stopped by in my studio and he was talking to me he was a metal artist and he had moved from um Maine and he has been living in northern California for apparently like 27 years but he considers himself that he's from New England and he asked me what do I feel about it about my own situation and I told him that well I've been here only for four years but I consider myself a Californian. <laughs> 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 so I don't know, you know, I felt like a foreigner growing up. Um, so I grew up in a place called Putur. It is so tiny that like, unless you Google the name and look for it in the map, you won't find it in the map. Um, it's on the southwest coast um, of India. Um, it's a sleepy little place. I mean, when I was growing up, it probably you could have called it as a small town, but um, in my sister's, uh, you know, lifetime, it was still like the village transitioning into a small town. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, the, I don't know, maybe the aspirations I had or the things I wanted to explore in my life. Um, many people around me did not fully understand it. So felt like a foreigner for various reasons. This felt like a familiar, misfit. Yeah. 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 Is it uh, was it like a farm? Is it like a farming town or what? Like it is. It yeah. can be part of it is a farming town. Of course, my parents come from a really rural, all agricultural, like rice fields kind of villages. Okay. Uh, but my father was the first one in his entire family to move away from agriculture and to go into education. So my father was a high school headmaster all his mm -hmm. life um, and a, just a wonderful, wonderful, kind human being. And my mom, because she married my father at a very young age, she was the first one in her family who did not marry a farmer, you know? So kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. very interestingly, their, um, their life started uh, moving away from the village and therefore kind of influenced all our lives also. Um, yeah, so kind of like even later when I moved to the bigger cities, um, 
So I didn't speak English until I was 21, 22. So even when I moved to a bigger city at 18, I felt like a misfit because like I couldn't communicate with many people. So it's been kind of interesting how it's been okay for me to feel like a foreigner. So just by the fact that I have a different skin color and I have an accent and I was not born in California, nobody can try to tell me that I'm not California. <laughs> I mean, if they want to believe that, I'll be like, go ahead. I'm going to conserve my energy and not try to uh, convince you. That's where I stand, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I think both Gus and I are both from really small towns. I think uh-huh, we we're, uh-huh. like, were both like, okay, let's... And I think both of our parents moved from out... out moved to be with people in a different town right uh-huh. yeah like yeah. My, my mom married my father and like moved hours and hours and hours away yeah I think you're right yeah. it did affect our family too well i was i was thinking because like cammy you've been in new york now for like 70 years or so right yeah about uh, yeah <laughs> it seems like but, a lot but yeah but, about that but i i think i've been here i've been here for like five or six years now and i uh-huh i don't feel like a new yorker except that anytime i leave here like when i when i go back home to visit my parents in minnesota and i'm waiting for people at the grocery store it i i've got no patience i'm just immediately like what is with these fucking people like why? doesn't doesn't anybody have anything to do today <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah yeah and that's hilarious because you're really slow yeah <laughs> so they must be really really slow it, it's, i i mean you know depending on the day i might engage the other person or not i mean yeah if somebody has a really um you know clear idea of what that definition of a Californian is I'm you know might want to engage in a conversation I don't know but um just even after moving to California like the three writers I read who have extensively written on California have a very different perspective and point points of view about the state right um, so the one is John McPhee, who kind of talks about the complex geological history of the state, whose work has been a huge influence and turning point for my own work. And then there is the poet uh, Gary Snyder, who writes about California. And then there is, you know, Joan Didion, who talks about California. And she kind of talks about some not so comfortable issues uh, about the state and the history of the state. This is all a part of what makes a state, but um, I kind of, uh, I think for me, I moved to California and I met a lot of artists. And I'm really thankful for that. I met uh, 
potters and sculptors and painters and and a lot of poets. Um, so place is people, right? For me, when I say I miss India, I don't think I'm missing the idea of the nation. I'm missing my family. I'm missing my mom. I'm missing my sisters. I'm missing my close friends. So for me, California became a place where I kind of built a community for the first time after being, uh, you know, constantly on the move. I decided to set roots. Um, so the decision to build a community, um, I think that's where, I think that's the point, you know, where yeah. it, at, at that point, you might feel like you belong there or you might feel like you don't belong there. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, that... Yeah, like I, I didn't, I wasn't bopping around for as long as you were, but I did, you know, <laughs> I moved uh, like sort of every other year for a little bit and uh, uh -huh. or every year. And um, it's like, yeah, you get to a certain point, or at least I did where I was just finally like, man, I would really like to, to know some people because I yes. had great friends everywhere that I moved, but it was like, I was just like, I just want to like know somebody well enough to know what their parents' names are or like, yeah. you know, and, and really get to know people, which, and I ended up out here and um, mm -hmm. have, you know, it's like you put the time in and, and eventually I think you just sort of find your people, which is good. Yeah. 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 I, I spent um, uh, quite a bit of time in New Mexico and if I had not, if I had not moved to California, probably that would have been the place where that's like my second favorite. Um, it's I just really fell for the desert and the clouds and the openness of the land. And um, that's where I got my first driving license. You know, cool. <laughs> I mean, these are the things, right? But the experiences yeah. you have in a place is what makes a place and I really felt belonged in California and I do feel belonged in California so kind of like and that's what made me it it really helped me to um, make a decision later on to uh, so I very recently became a U.S. citizen oh, and that was like thank you that's that so hard not, it's cool oh my god Especially with India, um, India doesn't allow dual citizenship. So, oh. you know, it was a oh. real, yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't feel the, the the depth of the whole thing until I had to like return my passport. And I'm like, <laughs> why the fuck do you want this? You know, I wow. want it. Oh. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that'll really make you think and like make you consider who who you are like that's insane that's hard yeah and it it's it, it i mean the process itself is so long there are many many uh years where you're kind of checking in i mean of course i checked in with myself many times especially um i don't even want to say his name when 
he was the president i was <laughs> like oh my god like uh, am i going to like really <laughs> start a new life in this place yeah yeah how oh, yeah at the same time i think again you know like the the community of people around me uh directly in my life they are the reasons why i was able to make that decision um however hard that decision was um plus i want to vote here you know if i'm paying um, taxes yeah i better have fucking voting rights <laughs> so yeah but you also like you unapologetically um and very genuinely and sincerely love your cats so getting pets i think <laughs> getting pets is like you're really putting down roots once you get pets <laughs> i have always had cats in my life or rather since i was 22 cats have very many cats have chosen me uh and have come to me and have made my life better <laughs> and only in the last um of course the during the nomadic years i couldn't have a pet yeah but i would find you know one a cat or two here and there whenever <laughs> i would travel but once we were in petaluma my husband is really allergic to cats so that's the reason why i kind of decided okay no cats i'm just going to be forever the cat aunt who kind of takes treats for others cats <laughs> uh or like do internet stalking of my friends cats for sure <laughs> but then i i was like one day i was going to the gym and I heard this tiny voice coming from the car which was parked next yep. to mine. Mm. Like took only 6 hours to get her out. Like <laughs> tiny tiny tiny. I mean, she was 1 pound. Like, wow. Yeah. Oh, so oh, oh. my husband was traveling and I called him like I was like crying uh driving to the shelter and I'm like I think she chose me. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet husband Forrest, he was like waiting for a flight somewhere in you know Atlanta somewhere and he started crying and he was like <laughs> okay then you know. <laughs> so So that's, that's how yes now it is definitely and yeah that's probably another reason why i decided to um not travel for a while that's right yeah. the reason yeah, i get yeah. it yeah um, um Okay, so <laughs> to switch gears a little bit i wanted uh-huh. to talk to you we have a lot of students We have a lot of students and a lot of people that you know they have stu- they work in their studios or they just got studios and I feel like I would love to talk about the transition from just making 
like how you think about like making work for the sake of making work and then the difference between that and then focusing on making work or a body of work for a show hmm do you know what um, I mean I think I think that, I do like, we talked I talked to my I talked to my students about this a lot all kinds of I have all kinds of students and they it's always like I'm always like you, have, you know you have to make you know, make like 10 to 20 pieces and to put a portfolio together. But that's similar to making a show as well. But talk mm-hmm. to me about like how you, because you have a show up now. Yeah. And so how do you like conceive of this? Do you, are you like, this is the theme and then I'm going to make all these pieces or how do you like And also, yeah, is this, is this show, is the show that's up with your husband? Uh, yeah, it's in. It's like in partly in collaboration with my partner. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so yeah. cool. We'll talk about that as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. I. I think I work in both those. Uh, categories, Kami. Um. I think I. I'm someone who, because I'm constantly working and I need to be constantly working. Um, I don't necessarily fire everything I make, but I need to make. Um, so, but within that making, even if I'm not working towards a show, um, there is always a conversation happening from sculpture one to sculpture two and three. Um, and that is the reason I need to be constantly making as well. Um, it is almost like, you know, if you're writing a novel, there are many chapters in order to see what emerges, you have to read all the chapters to see what the ending is. So for me, yeah. even if I'm not working towards a show, I will keep working and see uh, if they function as a single body or what is happening there, just to see what's happening there. Um, But I think the last year, so I've been doing a lot of group shows until like 2021, early in 2022, I kind of, when um, Shoshana Wayne Gallery gave me the dates for my show, I was like, okay, I need to change gears now. And I want to work in a slightly different way. I have this show and I'm making a body of work for the show. But even though I say that, the way I function in my studio didn't change that drastically. Uh, what changed was me not doing 1,500 other things, right? It was basically like I was reading, taking down notes and drawings and then make maquettes and make sculptures. And so I was kind of like, I would go to bed thinking about the work and wake up energized thinking about the work. And I think I enjoy both, um, both ways of working. 
with the clear deadline and a clear focus of a show or without a deadline and without a clear concept. Sometimes concept emerges as you're working. But I think what has been helpful is I do have a conceptual framework for all the work I'm making right now, which is been very California ecology focused. And so that that um, the whole project, which um, I feel like it started in 2018 and it is still ongoing and without, um, you know, end date in sight. And I feel like even this show is kind of a chapter in that under the banner of this uh, project called Assembling California. Um, so within that Assembling California, for the first three years, I worked primarily focused on post-fire forests, where I would go into these burnt forests, sometimes uh, with my partner, sometimes with both of us would go along with biologists and filmmakers and poets um, and the biologists uh, with whom we were doing these field trips were specifically looking for species returning soon after the fire. So the first three years was, the focus was entirely the burnt forest. And then um, the focus shifted a little bit to regeneration in the forest, uh, looking at how the burnt forests come back to life. Um, and then the pandemic happened and uh, we got an invitation to co-teach uh, at UC Davis um, and the, the general idea they gave us is about thinking about problem solving. So Forrest and I pitched an idea saying, we want to look at the act of collaboration itself as a methodology for problem solving. Um, and we worked on a collaborative project for 14 months. And that was entirely focused on Mount Pamalpais around a single mountain, which is only like 30 minutes from where I live. Um, and for this particular show, which is uh, on view right now in LA, um, I started obsessing about San Andreas Fault and earthquakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> to the point that like, like a nightmare. I, was, I mean, yes and no. Um, if you are not thinking about it, it's so easy to forget about, right? The earthquake. Um, to the point that in November I was doing dishes. And I heard like the windows rattle and 
I really thought I was imagining it because I was doing so much reading and listening to talks about earthquakes. But apparently there was like a 4.1 magnitude earthquake where close to where we live. Um, but it, I think the focus really shifted onto um, under the ground, not just the ground we see, the things we don't see, the energy which is constantly moving and shifting and transforming. And I think um, that also happened because one went through the pandemic, I was looking at if there is a rift and rupture, how does the regeneration happen? Um, how does the land which divides come together? And what kind of formation does it take when it does come together? Um, yeah, I might have like gone way, way all over the place away from your question. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> it totally. Uh, what was, I don't remember the question, but now I'm like, read articles about like the end of civilization happens when there's like a giant. Oh, the big thing. one. Yeah. The right? big, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 In California, but in, along the coast of uh, yeah. Washington through Northern California. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. I'm like, why, why are you thinking about that? I'm just like, yeah, because just by not thinking about it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a real thing for us where we we go for a lot of hikes around the Point um, um, Point Reyes area, which is only like thirty minutes from us, and Tomales Bay and Marshall and that whole belt, Inverness beautiful landscape i mean yeah when you stand there um, it's like is this fucking real and so much of that landscape is kind of a regenerated landscape above the fault line so much beauty on top of the uh, right on top of the fault line so it's it's kind of you know it's been in my mind off and on, and I think this year I got really obsessed. Um, so Forrest and I went to Carrizo Plain, which is closer to LA, um, and we were standing by a creek called Wallace Creek. So it's it's kind of a you know not so attractive creek there's nothing really to talk about the creek itself but as you're walking along the creek you'll suddenly see the creek takes a deep bend almost like 10 to 12 feet apart and kind of the the entire earth kind of shifts into this hairpin bend um, and that is where when you're standing there you're basically standing on two plates two uh, tectonic plates uh, North American and Pacific and that is like a 
fascinating thing for me. Yeah, too. that is super. That is it's super. like yeah. a way better version of straddling the state lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck is a border, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, I know you're talking yeah. like, when you think about like how like ancient Mm-hmm. You know how like four point five billion years or whatever. I know it's so insane, and then but then the... you just like have this moment with time, yes. like that's yes. just like mind boggling, right? Yeah, and in California, the geological time is like right in front of you, all around you. Um, not just in California, of course, but that's what I'm seeing um, constantly. So yeah, that that kind of became the central obsession that's where the i think the seed for this show began there and um so we came back from the trip and what we have been doing is we go for these research trips and we come back and we do our own thing you know both forest and i and some some of those things come together as a collaboration but uh, independently, we both are very focused on the California uh, land and ecology. So for this, we thought of collaborating. Also, um, my uh, gallerist, Shoshana Wayne, designed the shows in a certain way that, uh, so it's basically six artists who are three couples who live together and work together, sometimes a direct collaboration, sometimes not so direct. Uh, so she's showing two artists at a time in three uh, successive shows. So it kind of became like a symbolism for uh, intimacy in the way of collaboration. So the, the project uh, was very interesting to us and that's when we decided to do it as a collaboration um so he had written a poem after this wallace creek trip and he had used a word called ferning f e r n i n g uh he he's making up that word um <laughs> out of the word fern and for me, when I read that, it was like a beautiful visual image of the land kind of opening up, uh, almost like a flower opening up. And I have this uh, pain. Um, my injury, which happened in, you know, like 2007, nobody has been able to really identify what the problem is. Um, so I've lived with that pain for the last 15 odd years until 2020 or end of 2020. I happened to meet a physiotherapist in Petaluma who was relentless until he found what was wrong, you know? Um, so he figured out, uh, because we were also not getting any information, you know, MRI, CAT scans, uh, none of that. Uh, 
So he thought that I think the issue is more with the soft tissue. So he started working with a body worker who is just, she's a magician. Um, I kind of go to her and I say, well, I'm, I'm, do whatever you need to do. You know, I'm, I'm just going to be here with you for an hour. Um, and she was working on uh, my scapula, so under the shoulder blade. And the way she works is like she kind of pulls the skin up and goes underneath to work on the inflammation of the soft tissues. And that's kind of clicked for me when I was on a session with her, you know, this like, it's painful, but it's also the release that sweet in between. I kind of felt like I was at the edge of that Wallace Creek and the whole earth along with me had like moved up and down. Um, and that's where I kind of got the visual language for what I want to do for this show. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I see. You really just took us on a wild fucking ride. Yeah, I, <laughs> you were like, I loved it. Well, brought it right back around. I, I was like, yeah. I was like, she's gonna talk. She's talking about the plates. I know it. <laughs> ah! That is so cool. That's so this is good. the best. Yeah, this is great. Wow. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like, where is she going with this? Oh shit! <laughs> nice. Nice. So oh, what is sweet of you. Thank you. <laughs> so what is what's next? Like oh wait, before before I ask what's next. So does uh -huh. because he's a poet, yeah. Does he do you does he like and do you do this to him or you like I want to show you what I'm working on? Like to get oh, some, like, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I do it to him more than he does it to me. <laughs> um Actually not. He also shares uh, when he finishes something. I think he has a different um, methodology. He likes to edit and then share. And I am like all like, oh, I've finished something. Come take a look. You know? <laughs> so I show my girlfriend like I'll paint like a uh, you know, two square inches of a piece and be like, look, what, check this part out. <laughs> he is my first critic and yeah. he is brutally honest. That's nice. Even, even when he knows um, it, something he said didn't sit right with me, he will never lie to me. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's also kind of very interesting, like, um, he would sometimes like walk into the studio and will be like, oh, this could go a little more to the left. And I'm like, yeah, but that's going to collapse in the kiln if I do that. <laughs> uh, but I would say that as a, you know, quick reaction. But after he walks away, I'll be like, oh, but that is right. You know? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Well, I don't know. Maybe it will fucking survive. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll figure out a way to give it a certain support. And then it becomes like a 
new challenge I have to uh, cater to. And I like that, that he comes in with a completely non-technical point of view, which makes me keep exploring. And I like that balance, yeah, I do. Um. <laughs> do and do you two share, I'm, does he yeah. work in your space as well or no? Mm -hmm. No, okay. no way. Good. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> his his workspace is on one end of our house, and mine is in the other end. Cool. Um, we come together in the evening, and that's when I think um, you know whatever you see in the name of a show is just like. 2% of the whole process, right? It's always the case, or maybe 10%. But what I have really enjoyed is this everyday coming together of to share ideas or share, talk about the day and something will click from just a simple quotidian thing you have shared with the other person. And I think that way, the nature of collaboration with both of us has changed. And I do really like it. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. <laughs> hmm. All right. I'm going to work on that with crew. Uh, <laughs> first, you got to... I have to like let him come to my studio. At first, he's got to want to come to my studio. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so Forrest was like giving me a lot of glaze notes. So one day I was like, oh, come <laughs> do some glazing with me, you know? So I gave him some like, you know, pieces which I didn't really care about. And I'm like, yeah, just let's put this in and see what happens. And then, then he realized how difficult it was. It was really funny. He's like, oh, but this is pink. Why is it yeah. turning? That's, I love that part when you have someone new to it and they're like, are you sure that this is yellow? And you're like, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm pretty um, sure actually. I'm not that sure. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, nah, man, I don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> so what's next for you like what what do you do after long beach um well pretty exciting um couple of things one um i was just um telling my mom this morning that i feel just so lucky that i kind of find myself in this situation right now um you know you you keep working for a show every day and for me last year especially like I was totally like I switched off all notifications and I was not sharing process photos and I'm like I I'm kind of going to disengage and just be present and now uh the work is out there and the after the soon after the opening for a week, I felt like utterly naked, like like totally vulnerable, <laughs> but at the same time extremely proud and happy. It's all these intense emotions. Um, 
but then there are these things where you have uh, stopped working, you know, the point where you have stopped working. Yeah. Those are the things which keep coming back to. So I stopped at, there is a body of work in the, there are three sculptures in the show. They are titled Yakshis. Uh, they are like blue body-like, a biomorphic forms uh, sitting on um, three rocks and the title Yakshi is a reference to uh, nature spirits from India and these nature spirits are not the mainstream goddesses but instead they are like these they appear in like folk stories and folk rituals and these nature spirits are supposed to be uh, in clouds and trees and rocks. And that's where I finish that body of work. And that's the mind space I have been in. And I am right now working for my next solo which is going to be in next January. So I have a lot of time, but at the same time, I need to finish the work by September uh, because the show is going to be in India, in Bombay, um, in an amazing, um, yeah, uh, in an amazing um, gallery named Project 88. And so it's kind of like in in a simpler sense, I'm kind of enjoying this show in LA right now, but my mind is also like what I'm going to work. So I'm able to, so this is where I feel kind of lucky that I'm able to like pick up from where I paused and kind of give it the body to all these things which are coming into my mind, forms and ideas. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. And in March, I will be going to uh, Star North Carolina where they do something called a fire festival where they invite one artist every year to build a eight foot tall sculpture and they have this uh petal kiln um, i've, I've of, seen pictures of this it looks so yeah, incredible it, it is almost like a performance yeah. Um, so the kiln is kind of designed, uh, inspired by Nina Hole's kilns and the way she fired her, uh, you know, fire sculptures. Um, so the entire community there, thousands of people come together for a Saturday night event where at the peak temperature, the sculpture is... Uh, unraveled while it is still burning hot. How cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's so cool. I'm very excited and nervous and 
all 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 the good things yeah wow. so that's in march that's um, cool that'll be amazing that's in north, Car- <laughs> north carolina uh-huh uh-huh uh it's a place called starworks ceramics and uh of course they they're not just ceramics they have a glass blowing studio metal it, it's an amazing a community of artists there and i have done a residency in the past so it's also like you know after about 5 years i'll be seeing some friends and working on this single thing for 2 weeks and then i'm rushing back to my kittens <laughs> every project is basically how many days am i going to be away from my studio and my kittens <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, i love it well i think i mean i think it's congratulations and good luck it sounds awesome yeah. thank you it sounds incredible <laughs> this has been so fun and thank you so much for doing it it's just been a blast talking to you oh thanks for inviting me yeah, yeah thanks so much for yeah. coming on please let us know if you're ever in new york um, we'll do we'll awesome. do yeah I'm going to send you I was thinking about you the other day I saw an article about um women have a relationship an ancient relationship with cats. So I'll <laughs> oh, find it wonderful. and send it to you. Yeah, I'll send it to you. But I I knew it already even yep. without reading the article, but I'd love to read the article. Yep. And I, so yeah, that I can argue with all the dog lovers who, you know, <laughs> kind of like to argue, you know. I mean, so. maybe you never know. Maybe you'll start making cat sculptures or whatever. Just take a really, <laughs> really weird. Like, I can would be see like, it. I can see it. What the fuck is happening? With, like they would be like, "What is happening? Like what? Like where did like something went wrong?" <laughs> well, we um, often have it. bobcats in our backyard. You know. Oh my god! So yeah. it will still be like. I can say that I'm making work about the bobcats. <laughs> <laughs> <Totally. laughs> oh wait! Well, thank, thank you, you so both much. of you. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks <laughs> a lot. And if you're ever in New York, please look us up. We'll do. We'll do. Yes, yeah. I'm. I'm kind of old-fashioned that way. I really like meeting people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instagram, okay. Phone call, slightly better, but meeting is the best. So I'll definitely. Yeah, I'll 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 reach out. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye guys. Bye Kenny. Okay, Gus, what did you think of Ashwini? I'm not done listening up those people that suck i got <laughs> and bleep. okay um, listen i have to how much there, fun yeah okay tell there me. is there's one me. thing that i want to talk to to say to the listeners and that yeah. is um do not feel any kind of pressure to go to the studio every day <laughs> go <laughs> every... just don't leave you don't leave the studio you don't have to go to the studio you live at the studio when every I, day you eat yeah. the studio you sleep the studio no. you shit the studio no. out no. okay no. you put the studio in you put the studio out okay <laughs> put it in the refrigerator it'll keep fresh longer okay <laughs> you might have to toast it up wait i'm talking about bread wait what were we talking about do you do not 
everyone's on their own path Gus if you need to toast your bread toast your bread <laughs> if you don't want it to be like rough in the side no when she was like I go to the studio every single day I was like son of a hey did you did you see her studio though because it's pretty nice I wouldn't mind going there every day yeah I agree yeah I love a good looking studio same um thanks so much to a Sweeney bot being on the podcast great to meet you super great to meet you and to everyone listening thanks so much for you know coming back to this mess we really covered a lot of topics and um gosh i think we should do another podcast and you know what else we had a listener also say we should do another podcast like a like about fireplaces like a different topic the fireplace podcast yeah the wood floor podcast (laughs) <laughs> Lauren's clay stuff on Instagram mm. says that suggested that we do another podcast. And so this one's for you. Hey, Lauren, this one's for you. Okay. Chill. Like that's a bit much actually. And this one's going out to you. <laughs> that sounded like, like too too much oh whoa (laughs) (laughs) okay um this was a blast thanks gus dude a pleasure um don't get go get creepy with the listeners anymore okay okay (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk at the next hr meeting yeah okay Uh, (laughs) good (laughs) later bye cammy bye